everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of PetAbility. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Hello, hello, Kathy. How are you this fine day? Hey, Chris, I'm doing really good today. I'm excited about our show this afternoon. We are always excited, but I'm especially excited about this because it is something I know nothing about. Oh, oh, you are really going to enjoy this show. I can't believe that you have not experienced the joy of chickens and how great chickens are. And if you've ever listened to any of our other shows, you Uh, The audience may have uh, heard on other shows that my very first rehab, even though it wasn't a chicken, my very first rehab patient was a turkey. And this was just opening up the gates for me into into the love of chickens and um, how wonderful they are, how smart they are, how uh, clever they are. So I think you're going to find this uh, a really exciting um, interview. Yes, I'm very excited. So before I um, I get we get started, I just wanted to give you a little update, Chris, on Mac and his nose work um, situation. Okay. Um, Mac is so good at nose work now that they've um, they're coming up with nose work nicknames for him, and they, the choices are in no particular order: the Destroyer, mm-hmm. uh, the Bulldozer, mm-hmm. or the General. Mm-hmm. Seems so like just, there's a there's a theme there, Kathy. There's what, a theme what? there there, but I wanted yeah. to update everybody on my pug's nose work situation uh-huh. Uh-huh. so the so your the other classmates are like like voting is this going to be yes a, i think there's going to be a vote yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well what what about like a little play on words what if you did the bull noser <gasps> huh oh God, i'm writing that down is that oh, good that's the best i can't believe it's we didn't nose think work of that. bulldozer bull noser come on right i'm writing that down I'm writing that down <laughs> 
So give you. me, give me, give me street props when you go back to class. I, I will. I'll give you credit. Don't be okay. taking all the credit like you always do. I'll give you credit. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we we better get started with um yes. with our interview, and um I, I'm so so excited and happy to have this person. It's somebody that I that I love very dearly, um and someone who I've known for quite some time, um and she is in my mind the chicken lady. Um, she's the chicken whisperer. She's the chicken of all chicks. She's a chick of all chicks. <laughs> um, my friend, uh, Gretchen Munifo, who is the, um, who is, who works at the chickadee feed and seed in here in Walpole, Massachusetts. So, um, please give a warm welcome for my friend Gretchen. Yay. Welcome Gretchen. Thank you so much. It is so great to be here with you ladies. And I am so clucking excited to talk (laughs) about chickens with you today. And Kathy, thank you for that warm welcome. My head has grown three sizes uh, with all those wonderful things that you said. So thank you very much. Thank you, Gretchen. To to Um, be honest, I I didn't even know like until maybe yesterday that you had a name, Gretchen. All I knew was we were talking to the chicken lady. That, that's what was in the emails, the texts, our notes. It's like we're interviewing the chicken lady. I'm like, okay, bring it See, on. I don't, even, I don't even think my husband knows my name. Um, most people <laughs> just call me the chicken lady. So, chicken and a lot lady. of people don't know it. So that's okay. <laughs> right. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I was saying to Chris the other day that one of the reasons I wanted to talk or so enthusiastic to talk about chickens, you know, and we usually have um, a little spin on our show about rehab or. Uh, you know, environmental enrichment. And we can, we're going to probably touch on that a little bit with the chickens, but you know, it's probably in the last 10 years, what I've noticed is there's been a tremendous interest in raising backyard chickens. And at first I thought, you know, this is maybe it's a fad, right? But it's not. And we're seeing it. I think it's, I think it's actually increasing with the amount of people that are deciding to, to raise their own chickens. So I think this is such a uh, a great topic for people who are thinking about having chickens or people who already have chickens. Absolutely. And I think part of that is, you know, people are concerned about where their food comes from nowadays and having chickens, you know what you're feeding them, you know, the quality of the product. And also another thing I find is kids uh, in this day and age are too tied to technological devices, their Mm -hmm. iPads, their games, their TV. And so this is a very low maintenance animal that is inexpensive to keep that requires minimum care, but, you get food from them and also your children can learn the responsibility of taking care of an animal and get them outside. So, so that's very interesting. It's like chicken TV, like it's better than, (laughs) than, than your video games. But all I watch is chicken TV. I don't, I don't, don't (laughs) Um, I mean, I would love to hear you talk about, you know, the benefits of, of, of owning a backyard, a backyard flock. Can you speak a little bit more to that? I know that we talked about the children raising uh, chickens and being responsible and so forth. Are there other benefits to having backyard uh, flock? There are. Um, obviously, you know, being I'm, I have multiple animals and owning dogs um, and even me, myself, I've gotten Lyme disease twice from ticks um, outside <sighs> and you know, people don't want to use uh, chemicals on their lawn or, or pesticides. And chickens eat ticks. They eat grubs, mosquitoes, other pests and bugs. Their manure, you can compost into white gold. Most of the fertilizers that people buy for their lawns that they want to do naturally is actually composted chicken poop. 
So you can use um, their poop for fertilizer, um, owning any animal. And I think especially chickens tends to lower your blood pressure, enhance quality of life. And I have a lot of customers that have children that either have Asperger's or autism, and they have come back to me and absolutely rave that their children not only love their chickens, but it helps calm them down. They have something to focus on. Um, you know, people think about chickens and you don't think they're as friendly as a cat or a dog. I cannot tell you how mesmerizing they can be just to sit and watch them do what they do. So you said it perfect, Kathy, when you said chick TV. Mm-hmm. I could watch them for hours chasing each other with a bug in their mouth or, uh, you know, running around. I, I used to stand in my deck and throw great tomatoes and they would fall from the sky like the sky is falling and then catch one and do run around. So the sheer enjoyment of wa- watching them. Um, I already men- mentioned, obviously, you know, children and getting them outside, but they're not expensive and they're very low maintenance to have. Um, and I say to people, oh, Tim, you're going to be so surprised on how friendly they are and how smart they are. Right. And I, not to mention, Gretchen, just the, the fresh eggs alone. Right? Oh, my gosh. The eggs are actually, you know, lower in cholesterol, higher in um, omega-3s. They're, they're so much healthier than a store-bought egg that, than, that you buy in the store. Um, I can't stomach a store-bought egg. And I can tell by different vegetables, I feed my chickens, zucchini or butternut squash actually makes their eggs taste sweeter. Whereas if mm. some people feed a fish product or too many, um, too much flax will make your eggs taste fishy. So if you want to be an egg connoisseur, you can change what you feed your chickens to enhance the taste of the egg. Well, that brings up a question for me. So when they're eating ticks, grubs, flies, and mosquitoes, how does that egg taste? <laughs> delicious. <laughs> I've had them. <laughs> they're delicious. I would like to call the tick the, like the caviar of the chicken community. All you right. Call the mosquito, the filet mignon, the, the grub would be the filet mm-hmm. mignon. Uh, but anything so high in protein, you know, black fly larva, mealworms, all of that, that actually isn't going to change the taste of the egg, but it's a real good protein source for your chickens and they love them. You also mentioned like the, the effect on, you know, psycho-emotional status of, of humans in relationship to the chickens. And I remember a couple things. One, I'm, this is, this is my, um, what do you call that? Like a secret obsession or whatever that I, and I think I've confessed this before on the show that I watched like the bachelor and the bachelorette. <laughs> and there was a, a, a woman on that show several years ago that brought her chicken on the show because she loved her chicken so much. Was it Gretchen? Was it Gretchen? <laughs> I, I, I'm married. I would have said it was me. <laughs> But no, I can totally see that happening. Um, I, I really and truly can. Until you have them, you you don't understand. And one of the first things I say to people, you know, I won't let anyone get chicks from me until they, they take my class and they know what they're doing. Because there are a lot of people getting into it without doing some proper research. And then they run into problems. And I will say to people, you are going to come back to me and tell me you're obsessed with your birds. And I have everyone from 
you know, a six foot four man that rides a Harley to a third grade girl. And the the overall response is, I love my ladies. I love my mm. girls. I can't mm. wait to get home. I go out and do this. And the exci- I got nothing done today. I watched Chick TV for two hours. Um, I've done this for 10 years and I have not had one customer come to me and say, I have not fallen in love with this. And I love seeing that emotion. It makes you rethink eating chicken. Mm. There are certain things in all my years of doing this that kind of stay with me. And one was a husband who really, 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 really wanted chickens. And his wife and his daughter were terrified of birds. When I say terrified, like terrified. So I said to him, I want you to come over to my house. So I gave him my address and he came over and they're shaking at my gate. They're so afraid that my chickens are going to fly up like velociraptors and rip their eyes out. And I look at them both and I grab my favorite chicken blue. And I said, you're going to hold this chicken. You're going to go home with your husband. You're going to think about what you're going to do. This woman has absolutely has 15 chickens, her and her daughter, absolutely afraid of them, completely no fear of birds. Every time I see her post on Facebook of her hugging them, bringing them grapes. And the fact that this person had not only such a fear, but her husband got the joy out of doing what he wanted to do. And then she found this love of doing it was was just just truly amazing. It was transformative. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, Gretchen, let's get into, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, maybe some things that you, you have a class that you teach new, you know, chicken owners and, and such. What what things do people need to consider before they get their chickens? Okay. So, basically, what I do is I break it down. Too much information people don't absorb at once. So, I do three workshops. One is on raising chicks, one's on health workshops, and one's on winterization. Basically, what people should do before they consider getting chickens is do some research on their own. Check with their town hall. Most town halls have ordinances that you can't have roosters. You can only have a certain amount of hens. You have to put your coop so far from your neighbor's property. Um, Where would be a good place in your yard to put your coop or to put your day run? How are you going to dispose of the litter? Um, And do some research on some different breeds. Different breeds have different personalities. Uh, So some people just want eggs, eggs, eggs. Some people want colorful eggs. There are birds that lay blue eggs. There are birds that lay green eggs. Um, There are birds that are known as the golden retrievers of chickens. Uh, (laughs) I like to call them fluff bottom love machines. I was in a magazine referring to Buff Orpingtons as fluff bottom love machines. And my mother reminded me that I've had six years of college. Um, <laughs> but I, guess what? A doctor from Boston came in and said, I'm buying chickens from you because anyone that refers to something as fluff bottom love machine is someone I want to do business with. <laughs> so it worked. Um, but you get, especially people with younger children, your Cochins or your Buff Orpingtons or your Brahmas, they're just like the golden retriever, the Labrador. They're, they're snuggle, snuggle bugs. Um, and people, like those are your more, uh, you know, emotional support chickens that they really, they want to sit with you. They, they like hugs. Um, so I recommend people getting an eclectic flock, breaking up and getting kind of, uh, you know, different type of birds. But those are really, the only thing you have to do is make sure you have some education. And, you know, a big mistake people make are, we live in New England. 
New England can snow in April. It can be 60 degrees in December. Um, we can have some bad weather and chickens spend 90% of their time outside. So a mistake people make is buying a very cheap coop kit that you can buy online or doing a day run that's very flimsy. And then what happens is, you know, you can't get predator protection. You don't, you can't winterize that coop. So having a proper structure where you're going to put it in the yard and making sure things are, you know, okay with the town is a really, really good way to start. So Gretchen, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, did, 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 you know, get, check with your town and make sure you, you have your town ordinance and, and all the rules from your town. And I, if you get baby chickens or little chicks, how are we going to know, how can we tell which ones are going to be the hens and which ones might be the roosters? Because if I get six chicks, you know, maybe one or two of them ends up being roosters. Is there any way for us to tell? Oh, Kathy, I knew you were going <laughs> to ask me that question. <laughs> so, can... so listen, this is where it gets a little tricky. Yeah. Um, so chickens have six variations of sex organs. So mm -hmm. in order to sex wow. a chick, yes. And it's this tiny little nub that is only determined by a chicken expert. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is, when the chick is a, a baby, they are called, it's called vent sexing. But unfortunately, this is only about 94% accurate, accurate. So if you ordered chicks from a hatchery or you ordered chicks, you know, from a feed store, you want to say you want them sexed, but there still is going to be a slight chance that you get a rooster. What you don't want to order is a bird called straight run. Straight run means you get what you get, and it's never 50-50. It's always 70% roosters. Mm. There are certain birds called sex links or birds by auto-sexing or first generation that you can tell 100% by the color of the chick that they're going to be female. So I usually recommend to people, like playing the lottery, you want to increase your odds. If you're going to get six chicks, do two sex link birds. So you know 100% they're female. I do about 800 chicks a year, and I usually have about 14 roosters. Mm -hmm. So those odds are really pretty good. And then what I do is I have either rescue farms or I'll give people some avenues um, to be able to call to try to place their roosters um, if they do get one. Places, yeah, places that we can where they are allowed in, in, in certain towns. Yeah, but that so was a really, really good question. So um, would you recommend then starting with with babies, with chicks, or would you recommend going right to your adult hens? I hands down start with chicks. Um, they bond with you when they're babies. Watching them, they, have you ever seen that time-lapse photography where you see a flower grow? Yeah. This is what they do. You'll go to bed at night and wake up and they have wings. <laughs> they eat, they sleep, they drink, they poop, they pass out like girls on the beach. <laughs> they eat, they sleep, they drink, they poop, they pass. It, and they bond with you. You pick them up. You learn to hold them. You know, there are steps in every age. They go through their teenage age. And, and telling you just the experience of, of raising them from chicks is absolutely wonderful. I do have some people that, you know, I do rescue work and I will take birds in. If, if people can't keep them anymore and I will rehome them. It's a great thing to do. But if you want your birds to be friendly, I find doing it from chicks is just absolutely so so rewarding it's funny so, that you said that they go through this adolescent stage because um there was a i have a friend who's a chicken and uh 
well, we used to be friends until she got to her <laughs> adolescent stage, right? And I loved her and I would snuggle her and we would play. And then one day she just like, she was a teenage chicken and she was like, peace out. <laughs> she did not, <laughs> she's like, I'm out. Um, but it, it's like, that was, that was so exactly what I would describe her. Like having this, like, she was a teenager and she's like, you know, I'm, I, you can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm so my I, own chicken. <laughs> so I need you to stop talking about Nugget like that. Because I know exactly who you're talking about. And I still, um, I still love Nugget. We're still friends. <laughs> but it's funny. So they go through their teenage phase. They want nothing to do with you. And they take off and they run away. And yeah. then what happens is at five months, they become sexually mature. And they do something called a hen squat. And they will just do this little tap dance in place. And it's a sign mm-hmm. of sexual maturity. But when you walk in the coop, it makes you feel like the queen because mm-hmm. they all pause for you to pick them up and pet them. <laughs> so they will come full circle back around and say, okay, now I'm friendly again. <laughs> so Gretchen, is when you say like this bonding, is that the same as imprinting or is it different? Because I know birds will imprint, right? Oh, absolutely. Chick- I mean, chickens can recognize chickens can recognize up to 14 human faces. They absolutely will bond with you. And I've done rescue work and gone back years later to birds that I've rescued and they recognize me and come to me. So yes, chicks absolutely will. And they will keep their, I can't even explain it. If I look at a picture of one of my adult birds and then like what their personality was as a chick, you can still see it in their eyes. So without a doubt, and they have a name for you. They'll have a series of bacocks that when I walk out, I have a chicken name. I don't know what it is, but one of the hens will let off a series of bacocks and be like, that lady's coming out. You know, the lady that brings mm-hmm. us food, the lady that cleans our bums, the lady that cleans our coops. I think she has something and they will have a name for you and know you. And I think that's amazing. It's amazing. And we're not giving them nearly enough credit for how intelligent they are. Um, and and it, I, it always makes me crazy that we use the term bird brain for any, you know, for something that's not intelligent when birds are uh, extremely intelligent. And some birds are probably more intelligent than some other other species <laughs> of animals. Right. Um, and so it's just simply not true. It's just simply not true. These, these birds and the chickens Uh, They're smart. They have emotions. They have their own social structure. They have their own social lives and they need just like any other animal that environmental enrichment. So it's great that they have a name for you because they're probably like, hey, everyone, gather around. Here comes. Here she comes. Um, And and she's not dangerous. She's got blueberries, you know, so um, I find that fascinating. I find it really fascinating about them. Um, so that actually is my name, Kathy, because I, I, that's what I'm going to start calling you now. <laughs> uh, can we go and talk a little bit back? Can we go back to the, the coop and the day run? And, and maybe you can explain a little bit more about um, their environment and what they need as far as well, what's the difference between a coop and a day run and, and what they what they need for shelter? Sure. So a lot of people make a mistake of buying a coop that's either, like I said, a cheap coop kit or a coop that's too big. When you when I say the word coop, what it is, is a bedroom. It's where they go to sleep at night and it's where they lay eggs and that's it. It needs to have really good ventilation. And I like a lot of windows. You've heard the term hotter than a hen house. <laughs> Chicken. mm. Chickens do they have a body temperature of 105 to 107 plus a feather coat. Chickens actually fare much better in the winter than they do during the summertime. 
So you want a coop that we have hot summer nights, have proper ventilation, but also that has windows that you can close during the winter time to protect them from the cold. I mentioned before about New England weather. Chickens spend 90% of their time outside. They're operated by the level of the sun in the sky. They will come out of their coop and go in their coop based on different times during the year. But it doesn't matter if it's snowing out, if it's cold out, if it's raining out. They don't want to be in a coop. You don't want to stay in your bedroom all day. So what you need is when you do a run, it's strong wire that you have farm fencing or, you know, one inch hardwire cloth or two inch hardwire cloth that predators can't get in. Chickens have lots of predators, raccoons, skunk, fox, coyote. Everything, when you get chickens, every predator within a mile of your house is going to know you have them. And all they're thinking is, can I get to them? I live on conservation. I live on a farm. I have beyond predators and I have never had a predator attack because I did my coop and I did my run properly. I did wire like a skirt on the bottom and the outside with pea gravel so nothing can get in. I have wires above so hawks can't get down. Um, So you need to assess what type of area you live in. Do you live near conservation? Do you live in suburbia and you already have a fence? So you're really only worried about hawks and and maybe, a you know, a weasel or something like that. But you want to make sure your coop is strong wood, good ventilation. Um, general rule of thumb is either a four by four or a four by six for six to nine chickens is more than enough space for your coop. And then your run probably, you know, I'd say six by 12 feet. And you want to have a roof and you want that roof at a pitch. You want to be able to pull snow off of it because a flat roof with snow weight can collapse a day pen. If you put a tarp on top of a day run, it can collapse a day pen. So this doesn't have to be crazy expensive. It just needs to be done proper. Um, And those are the things that I really, really recommend. What's it look like inside the coop? Are you guys getting, do do they have something to roost or perch on or nesting or... Oh, my girls have a flat screen TV and a water bed. I, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, that's a, that's probably a true story. Uh. So, no, yes, chickens sleep roosting. So you need a roosting bar in the coop and you need nesting boxes. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest things about chickens, and currently I have close to 50 chickens. And oh. they, so if see you have six chickens and you have three nesting boxes, they'll all use one. <laughs> they will pig pile on top of each other. They will wait like women in a bar room to get in the same stall. Um, <laughs> they love to use the same nesting box. So, you know, if you have six chickens, you really only need two nesting boxes, but that's going to be a little box where they go um, and lay their eggs. And you certainly can put, curtains on it if you want to give them some privacy on the floor of your coop you're going to put either pine shavings or chopped straw or a product i call coop clean because chickens poop while they're sleeping so what i do and it's very easy for cleaning is i go out and spot clean every day and i'll kind of pick up the poops in the morning and then put them in my compost bin and it keeps the chicken coop smelling nice um and it keeps a fresh bedroom for them. <laughs> so when you say chickens roost, what does that mean? It means that there's like a two inch round dowel that they put their feet on 
and then they kind of nestle down and that's how they sleep. Oh, like a bird outside on a tree branch or something. Exactly. Exactly. So you think about, but it seems like I only see chickens like on the ground, like, you know, walking around on the ground. And so I didn't realize that they actually roosted like that. They do. Chickens will go in. They will walk up their little plank at night, go in their coop, hop up on their roost, just like it is a tree, Chris. Mm. And then chickens have very poor night vision. So it's why they go in because if Mm. they don't hop up in that roost before the sun goes down, they can't see. Wow. Okay. So they will go in and people come to me in the winter and add lights in their coop at different times to increase egg production or something. It's the worst thing you can do because when that light goes out, if that chicken is somewhere else, they can't see. Mm. So that's what they do. And, And they will follow the same path and they will sleep in the same space on the roosting bar. So the head chicken will pick her spot and she knows what time she goes in. And then the next chicken in order so they will sleep in the same spot every night. Wow. So they go in in the same order and then roost in the same order. Usually. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Next, next silly question. Um, I was interviewing a vet tech for a position with me years ago. And I said, tell me something, you know, about you that, that I wouldn't know, you know, a little fun fact. And she says, I have chickens that have fur, not feathers. Yes. So what's that about? Well, she actually, they actually don't have fur, but what you're referring to, they're different bantam hens, either called silkies or frizzles, and they have different types of feathers. They also have a black color skin. So they're, they're not really fur. It just looks very furry. And the feathers are very, very, very thin. Okay. Um, so it's actually like feathers. Bear. Yes. But that makes the appearance of fur. They have a different Absolutely. appearance. Yep. Okay. And there's some of them called frazzles that look like, I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. So some of them look like you put feathers in a crimping machine. Oh, and it looked like you crimp your head. They can be crazy feather style, styles. Wow. There's also some chickens that are called naked necks that don't have feathers on their neck and create different patterns. But she was referring to silkies. And to touch them, it feels exactly like, like fur. They are so, so fluffy. And one of Kathy's favorite chickens, Nugget, was a silky. Okay. So um, let's say, let's say like, you, you know, you just happened upon a little chick and it's a little gold thing. And um, would would one have any idea what that chicken is going to look like as an adult? Yes. <laughs> you would, but yes. I would. Yes, look at her parents. <laughs> yes. This is one of my many gifts. And I don't think it's ever a skill set that's ever going to get me a lot of money. But currently right now at my store, and they're all spoken for, but... I have 14 different breeds and 60 chicks, and I can glance down and tell you every breed. Uh, It just comes from practice. Some of them are very tricky, and there are little chicks that do look very similar but aren't and have very fine, uh, very minuscule distinctions from each other. Um, I've actually made a mistake a couple of times. There's a bird of well summer and a speckled Sussex and they look very, very similar. And I've said never order them in the same day because they're too hard to tell apart or a barred rock in mm-hmm. and an astralorp. But for the most part, there are breed identif- identifiers. And what's funny is sometimes it's not what you think. 
um, one of the cutest chicks ever is actually a white Jersey giant. And she is this pastel blue color as a chick. And she's going to turn into a solid white chicken. I'm going um, to take some pictures and send them to Chris and then ask her to breed identify for me. <laughs> like I'd even know what a breed she would like that. She would like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And let me ask you the most, I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, you go ahead. One of the most common questions I get, and this doesn't have anything to do with the, it just made me think of it because you were thinking about chickens and baby chicks. I, I, honestly, one of the top questions I get is if I have a flock of chickens, do I have to have a rooster? Like, what's the purpose of the rooster? Do we have to have the rooster? Um, and, and I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm sure we could have chickens without a rooster, but what's the role of the rooster? Besides having it. baby, besides having baby roosters, but do we have to have that male rooster? I love it. You actually don't. And it's actually harder with a rooster. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep in mind the general rule of thumb is if you're going to have a rooster, you need to have enough space for him to be able to do what his job is. You think of roosters as being on farms. They're protectors. Their job is to protect the hens. That's what they do. But with that, they a rooster will also his purpose is to mate. Mm -hmm. So if you have a rooster with four hens, what's going to happen is he is going to mate or mount those chickens too much. And what he does is he can pull out the feathers on the birds. He can mm -hmm. cause wounds. He can actually hurt them. There are things called hen saddles and people put saddles on the hens to protect them. So I don't recommend people having roosters for the small backyard flock. I recommend it for if you're in a farm. Mm -hmm. The purpose would be to fertilize the eggs and hatch more chickens. Mm -hmm. But yeah. most people that have bacteria chicken again don't want to do that because then you get back to that rule of thumb that the hatch rate is going to be 70% male and then you get more unwanted males. Yeah. Um, I do have a few people that have roosters. And again, like anything, um, anything with animals, there are certain breeds that tend to be more docile, but roosters can be, you know, if I do a farm call or a home visit, I always know where the rooster is. I have eyes in the back of my head. His job is to protect the hens. And if he doesn't know you, he will. Um, you can get cuts from them. They, they, you know, they can come after you. You should be experienced and know what you're doing. If you're going to have a rooster, unless you have bantam hens or, you know, smaller hens or uh, roosters that are known to be super friendly, you need to be an experienced chicken owner. So you can still have eggs mm -hmm. with just hens. They're just not fertilized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to keep in mind that those roost, some of those roosters, they take that job very seriously. It is their one and only duty is to protect the, those chickens and they will come after after you yes, um, and, yes. And, and 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 claw you right and some people have you know they'll have a rooster yeah. like you said that you know it is either has injuries that they take on and or that they've rescued just as mm -hmm. a pet and then they can be quite different without their without hens mm -hmm. you know some people do have silkies or other chickens that they keep in the house you know the world of chickening is is kind of gotten a little bit different um i, I myself talk about having them outside and having them, you know, as a, as a backyard flock, but, you know, I don't want to give the wrong opinion that they're not friendly. It's just not something I recommend to people yeah. if they're starting a flock, because especially if you have children and, you know, I know what I'm doing. 
and I've had a hard time handling, you know, a rooster before. He yeah. just wants to do his job, you yeah. know. Um, so, so go for the ladies if you're going for a backyard flock. Okay. <laughs> it, it seems that I've seen roosters that have like this claw on the back of their leg or something. Is that true? Yes, it's a spur. It's a spur. So do yep. the hens have that or just the roosters? It's supposed to be just the roosters, but some hens have spurs. Hmm. Well, some hens can have one spur. Some hens can cockadoodle do. <laughs> it's rare, but it can happen. But yes, I've seen uh, strange things happen. Mention I have 50 chickens and probably five of my hens have spurs. And one of those hens will actually mount the other chickens like she's a rooster, but she lays eggs. Um, let's get let's get back into some of the other things, and let's let's talk about what about um, nutritional requirements for chickens. You know, what do they need? What do we need to have good, healthy chickens? So that's really good, um, and I'm glad that you asked that, Kathy. So at different stages of a chicken's life, just like any you know baby through child to adult, um, there are different food requirements. Um, so when chicks are little, they're on a chick starter. As they get a little bit older, they go on a grower finisher, and then they go on a layer pellet. These foods difference in, difference in protein, calcium, and phosphorus. So they're good for what the chicken needs at that age. Um, once a chicken starts laying eggs, you need to give her supplemental calcium via oyster shell. A mistake that people make, kind of like humans do sometimes too, are feeding their chickens too many treats or too many scraps, which you're not supposed to do. So to have a healthy chicken, 90 to 95% of their diets should actually be a really good commercialized food. There's some good grains in the market. Uh, we carry pulling grain. There's also neutrina. Chickens aren't like cats or dogs. You don't put food out a couple of times a day for them. They graze and eat throughout the day at different times. A chicken could be laying an egg. And then if she comes out and her food is gone, she'd have nothing to eat. So chickens eat, their food is out constantly and they graze throughout the day. Um, they also eat something when they're a little bit older called scratch grain. That's half oats and half corn. And then I recommend giving your um, birds a few snacks, mealworms, and some vegetables. What you never, ever want to do is no grain, no rice, no pasta, no fillers that are going to make them not eat their layer pellets, which is formulated for their overall health. Um, and they also need a fresh supply of clean water. And if it's on hot summer day, water with some electrolytes in it. Let me ask you this. You're, you're saying not to give too many snacks. Can, uh, can chickens get fat? Can they get overweight? Oh, dear Lord, yes. <laughs> yes. Can they get overweight? Yes, Kathy. Yes, they can. They can okay. have sandy bottoms and they can get overweight. Oh, my chickens gosh. People eat and eat and eat. And I bet people say my chickens won't eat their layer pellets. And then they come back and tell me, well, I gave them, you know, spaghetti or macaroni and cheese. Or that's why they won't eat their layer pellets. You know, if someone put a chocolate ice cream in front of me versus a plate of kale, I'd go for a chocolate ice cream a hundred times over. Right. So right. you can give snacks. Some people give their chickens, you know, extra protein. Uh, you know, I'd say on 4th of July, I will um, grill some steak tips for my chickens once a mm -hmm. year. You can, you can do occasional treats, but for the most part, it should be layer pellet 
they should be kept clean and dry and out at all time um, in their day run. Nice. Interesting. So Kathy knows this, but I haven't disclosed it yet. Um, I had a little duckling that um, I won at the county fair in Iowa when I was a child, and I loved that duck. And I know we're talking chickens, but one thing that I noticed is that Peep would follow me, but he would stop and he would pick up like pebbles and um, sand and stuff like that, like from the driveway and the sidewalk. And what's that about? So good. You're going to learn so much today. So I already have (laughs) chickens Mm -hmm. and ducks only have a few enzymes. We have tons of enzymes in our stomachs. So they can digest their layer pellet or their chick starter because it will just kind of dissolve in their gizzard. But for them to be able to eat a blade of grass or a bug or a vegetable or something that requires digestion, they eat a little stone either from outside or it's small granite called grit. And again, that comes in three different sizes. And what happens is they eat that grit and it's stored in their gizzard and their gizzard works like a giant muscle with that sand and it will grind down grass and bugs. And that's how they're able to digest their food. Fascinating. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and when you talked about the fresh water, like, like do some people have, um, I want to say like a fountain type thing where it's constantly running fresh or do you have to like, replace uh the water bowl bin i don't even know what you feed chickens in you know with fresh water like several times a day or how how does that go well when they're, when they're chicks you do just because chicks tend to be messy you know so you, you want to keep your brooder neat and clean uh when they're older no and it depends on the temperature uh, what's out during the summertime you know summertime i certainly you know, I change, I have 50 chickens. I have four waters. I, I clean them every day and fill them up every day. Sometimes I will put, you know, either mint leaves in them. Mint leaves can cool their body temperature or I'll put natural apple cider vinegar, which is good for gut health. But you want clean water every day. Um, with six keep chickens. It, I was going to say, how do you keep it from freezing in the winter? Are there special water warmers? Yes, you have okay. to buy. So the biggest thing I recommend is a heated dog bowl is the best way. Uh, it's the easiest thing that you can use. You can just go out. Most people are coming from their house and you can either run a cord out like you do your holiday lights. It runs very, very low electricity. It's completely fire safe, but they need water in the wintertime. So I'll tell people go out of the house with a, you know, a gallon of spring water. And all you have to do is wipe that bowl with a paper towel and pour the gallon in. Mm. Water tends to stay fresher in the winter than it does during the summer, Right now, the pollen is so bad that, you know, I'm changing Mm. my chicken water quite a bit during the fall, maybe every other day. You know, when I say fresh water, it's it's not three or four times a day. Once once a day or once every other day. I think we should go ahead and talk about um, some of the common mistakes or misconceptions that that people make when they get or when they're thinking about getting chickens or get chickens. What's the common mistakes that people make? Uh, not doing enough research or knowing what they're getting into. Um, you know, you do have to keep, we, when you get chicks, chicks are born with down and they need to be in a brooder with a heat lamp um, or a heat plate for four weeks. They can't regulate body temperature. So you need to have a brooder set up in your house. 
make sure you know what they need for food requirements, you know, do some research when they start their chicorette, what they need for their levels of food. Um, Another thing too is getting chickens and not looking at them. Birds are famous for hiding illness and they do it for two reasons. They do it because they want to protect themselves from predators, because if a predator sees a sign of weakness, they're easy. And they actually do it to protect themselves from their own flock, because sometimes a flock will pick on a bird if she has a problem or a weakness. So a lot of times I'll get a call. My bird suddenly is showing signs of this. And it actually hasn't been sudden. If you had inspected your bird, and when I say that, you you know, look at their feet, make sure they don't have any cuts in their feet or or, or you know, um, wounds, look at their eyes, make sure their eyes are clear, that their, their beak isn't runny, that they don't have any bugs in their feathers. You know, I teach this at the workshop, but it's an overall inspection of kind of things that you should look at, what a crop looks like. And inspecting your birds helps prevent problems from being big and you find them when they're super small. Um, underestimating predators, I get a lot of calls. I got home at 10 o'clock from a cookout and I didn't shut my door in the chicken coop. A raccoon killed all my chickens. Mm. Of course they did. Mm. I don't care what you're doing. You need to close that door. I don't care how safe you think your day run is. You need to shut the door to your coop because you can do it for 200 days and nothing happens. And one night you forget to do it and you lose all your birds. Um, Another one is making a run. And what I mean by run is that's the area that they're out during the day, Chris. Like you said, you always see them walking around. Mm -hmm. So they're walking around in their run area and people will make a run that you can't stand up in. So what happens is how are you going to spend time with your chickens hunched over? And more important, how are you going to get in there and clean that? You're going to have to bend over and clean. So make a run that's comfortable, that you can walk in, that you can spend time with your birds, that you can clean. Um, I also mentioned not having a roof on the run. Uh, Another thing people don't know is chickens like to eat shiny metal things. Chickens will eat metal. Whenever I wear my wedding ring, I swear a chicken is going to eat my diamond one time because they'll peck and peck and peck at it. And I really don't feel like having to go through chicken to to get it out. I offer all my customers, you can get a giant magnet that they have at, um, you can buy them at Home Depot and you can go around the ground and make sure you don't have, uh, you know, if you built a coop and you dropped one nut, one staple, one grommet, your chicken will find it. Funny, not funny story I had is one of my chickens was walking around one day and I look up at her and she's walking around with a ring and I pull it out of her beak and it's a um, Dedham High School class ring in 1956. Not only do I not know anyone from Dedham, no one from Dedham has been on my property. I have no idea where this bird got this ring, but she dug it up in my yard and was walking around with it. So she graduated wow. from Dedham and yeah, that was her, her class ring. <laughs> I was like, this time that doesn't happen. So, you know, if you're building your own coop, go go ahead. And even if you're not, you don't know what's in your yard and under your yard. Um and the lastly, you know, every year somebody has a fire, some farm or some house. Heat lamps are dangerous. There's no way you can put a heat lamp in a coop and make it not 
make it fire safe. Uh, I recommend if in the wintertime, if you want to take the chill off your birds, you can use a flat panel radiant heater. They're fire safe. They don't emit any, any light, but never under any circumstances do you ever, ever, ever put a heat lamp in a coop that has pine shavings, feathers in an environment that you can't control. So, so those are kind of common mistakes that, that I find that are the big ones. That's, yeah. That's asking for trouble with the heat lamp. Yeah, it's just asking for trouble. So I'm still confused about the the roof on the day run. So are you saying like it needs to be? I mean, I understand enclosed, like from predators, but not just like wire. It needs to be something solid. Yes. So the best thing is like a clear corrugated plastic, it, like that plastic with the ribbing. Yes. Or yes. So that's what you want because. Chicken food, chickens are chickens are opposed to respiratory problems and also mold and fungus. So chickens do not want, they're not ducks. They don't want to be in a wet environment. You get chickens in a wet ah. environment with straw that gets that gets mold in it. So I'm not saying they can't go outside and they can't go in the rain, but in that run, especially in the wintertime, this is going to be enclosed with plastic panels for four and five months at a time. You want to go out at 5 a.m. and shovel snow out of a run. Their food will be soaking wet. Mm. Your goal is to protect that area. So that is the purpose for having the roof. And they don't need sun. They need sunlight. Yes. So that's why you do kind of the clear. I mean, the. I know what you mean. It will still come through the sides. Even if you don't do clear, Chris, enough sunlight will come through the sides. And they can also have an extended area that they're getting out. Uh, but the run that they're winterized, it's, it's kind of like this eight by 10 area that has the chicken wire that they're, they're protected. So what a lot of people, they'll use that for their winter shelter or when it's raining out. And then they have an extended area in the yard that the birds can walk around that doesn't have a roof. But in winter, we batten down the hatches. And you know what? I, I know we're, we're just about gonna, we're just about ready to wrap it up. But uh, Gretchen, I know that you have a list of fun chicken facts. And I know Chris loves fun facts. That's one of her favorite things. Can you just list off a couple of fun chicken facts for our audience? All right, Chris, chickens actually have REM sleep. What? They <laughs> dream. Chickens dream. So I want you to think tonight. I wonder what chickens are dreaming about. <laughs> Um, there's, there's studies that chickens are actually smarter than toddlers. Um, if you take an object and then you put something in front of it, a toddler won't know that that object is behind it. They'll think it's mm. gone. A chicken knows it's still behind there. Mm-hmm. They, they have better math skills than toddlers. So you're talking about a human and this tiny little bird brain. And I just think that is 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 crazy um i mentioned that they have no sweat glands so they open mouth breathe and they cool themselves by their legs so what i do on really hot days is i put a mister in my run very light mist and the chickens will walk walk through it and sit down and they like to sit in mud they cool themselves through their legs and that's how they um how they cool off they eat twice (laughs) this is one of my favorites chickens eat twice as much in the winter and so do i (laughs) me too (laughs) because 
I'm bored and it's dark out at 4.30 and I like beef stew. Chickens eat twice as much in the, in the winter because they have to regulate body temperature yeah. and they're burning more calories. So that's why they eat more in the wintertime than during the summertime. Um, I mentioned that chickens, uh, they have a, they, they have a name for a hawk, for a fox, for any predator, for reward. They can show empathy um, if a chicken dies, they will actually mourn the other chicken and reestablish their pecking order and know who, who moves up. So there's something just really, really crazy about, you know, people say to me, why can't I just get one chick? They're flock animals and they rely on that flock. They rely on the warmth for the winter and they rely on that flock di- dynamic, like a family. They're a family. Mm-hmm. You mentioned if, if one chicken dies how long do chickens typically live it depends on where you live um ah. i have a chicken that i call betty white and <laughs> and i'm pretty sure i can make the guinness book of world records because hey hey lived to be 14 that's rare hmm. most chickens live five to seven years and they lay the best in the first three years of life so what happens is every year chickens go through something called a molt they lose all their feathers it's very taxing on their body. During that time, they won't lay eggs because they have to regrow all their feathers. Mm-hmm. After every molt, a chicken lays slightly fewer eggs, but slightly larger eggs. So if you started with a flock of six chickens, most likely in a year or two, you'd probably have four. They are heavy production animals. They lay eggs either every 24 or every 48 hours. So if it isn't a predator, Usually it's something to do with a reproductive system that goes wrong, whether a chicken gets egg bound or an infection or something, you know, they're not like a cat or a dog or a rabbit. These birds are producing every day. Um, But studies show the more people are taking care of them, they can live up to the eight, nine years of age. But general rule of thumb is, you know, starting at five years, you're going to start to lose some of your girls um, and moving on to, you know, five, six and seven. Well, this is sad to think about because we opened the show talking about how much they bond with us and we bond with them and then they don't, they aren't with us very long. It's worth it. <laughs> it, it it's, the experience is, 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 is absolutely worth it. And, and when you talk about having um, that connection that you have with your dog or your cat, you know, that you absolutely can have that same emotional connection with the chicken. Um, and, and so I think it's a worthy endeavor. I think I know that they, they may only live five to seven years, but it's, but it's worth every, it's worth every day, you know? Um, it, abs- it absolutely is. It's and worth every day. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Chris, I've, uh, I've rescued or saved 754 chickens. Uh, out of those rescues, I've lost 57 or they didn't make it. And the ones that did, and even the ones that I have, it's the quality of life that they have and, and what they give us. You know, I do rescue work. Not This isn't just for, for backyard. But, uh, you know, I've rescued chickens from not great situations that didn't mm-hmm. have a good life. You're talking about giving this animal that could go elsewhere an amazing life at your home, yeah. enjoying everything and love yeah. for five years. And in that five years, there's so much love and joy that's packed into that that you can't put put time into it. I I do it all over again, a hundred times a day. Wow. Um, So, wow. That we learned a lot about chickens today. (laughs) Um, I I think as we're wrapping up, Gretchen, if if you could just 
if there was just one thing that you wanted to leave the audience with, there's something, uh, one thing about chickens that they need to know, what would that one thing be? Just go visit someone, visit somebody that has chickens or just go ahead and do it. If you've been thinking about it, go ahead and do it. You're going to be surprised at the joy that you're getting out of it. This one I'm going to leave you with. Yeah. If you asked me 10 years ago, what's the first word that comes to mind when you say the word chicken? I would have said Marsala. Yeah, right. <laughs> things right. have changed. Yeah. Things yeah. have changed. Yeah. And if you're yeah. lucky enough to love a chicken, you're lucky. And I love my chickens. They Aww. give you great, great rewards. So that's what I'd like to leave you with. They really do. They really do. Um, thank you, Gretchen. This has been so informative. I'm, I can't wait to put this out because uh, I think this is going to be great for people out there who love their chickens or people who are thinking about having chickens. Thank you so much, girls. This would be great. And anytime I would love to, if you want to do a raising chick or a health one, more than happy to come back and talk to you. Wonderful. Hey, Gretchen, can you let people know where they can find you if they have questions about chickens or if they want to visit your store? Absolutely. Um, do you want my cell phone number? I'm afraid I'm going to be stampeded tonight. I work at Chickadee Seed and Feed in Walpole, Mass. Um, I'm there Tuesday through Friday. And I actually do have a chicken hotline, but I ask just for emergencies. It is my cell phone number. You can get my, my card there. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with me, you can call Chickadee Seed and Feed, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions for you. Wonderful. Thank you, Gretchen. Thanks, girls. I just want you to know that I have literally been just grinning ear to ear during this entire chat that we've had. I've learned so much and and thank you very, very much. Thank you so much, Chris. I can't wait till you come over and see my flock and I can um, quiz you on chicken breeds. That's right. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thank you. All right, girls. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please go to enableyourpet.com. Thank you and please tune in next time.